You ever had a uh, situation where you didn't get literally slapped in the face, but something uh, that you didn't realize was true suddenly was true, and it felt like you got slapped in the face, you know, like in a good way, you know, like you believe something and suddenly you found something else out, or you weren't sure about certain information, and suddenly it just, I mean, you, you, like, as I'm saying these words, you can remember the day, you can remember the time right where you were when, man, the light bulb went on and suddenly everything clicked and you were just blown away by it. Um, I think that is uh, the, the potential for tonight. And um, yesterday we were at the church picnic. We had an awesome, awesome time. Uh, those of you guys that were there, it was so much fun, man. We had a softball game that was quite, it'll go down in history, I'll tell you that. Um, my team won. I'm just, uh, we lost, actually, but uh, we had a good time anyway. But um, we had to bring our volleyball net from my house, which when, when Kelly and I first got married, I, I, I love playing volleyball. And I was like, all right, we are getting a real volleyball net, like not one of those little ones that can break, you know, and crack in half a little pole, you know. We're going to get, we got these big AVP professional metal steel poles. And so we had to bring these yesterday. So um, the way that it worked is in our little uh, SUV, I had to, you know, put it in the back window and then it went like up and over Cade's and Bryn's car seat. And then it went like through the front toward where Kelly was sitting. And so uh, we, we went to the picnic and we played and we had a good time and everything. And then I had a headache. So Kelly goes, oh, I think that there's a, a water bottle in the back. And we had loaded the car all back up. So the volleyball and that's all in. Everybody's in the car. And so I go back and I just took the poles and kind of went like this with them. And I heard in the front, ah, and I realized like, I cracked Kelly in the face with them. <laughs> but I pretended I didn't. <laughs> and so I just kind of played dumb and I got the order and I went to the front. And she's sitting in the front seat like this. And I said, what, what happened? <laughs> she said, you hit me with those poles. I said, I'm sorry. And so a few, few minutes later, we're driving down the street, you know, and one of the kids in the back said, hey, mom. And she forgot they were there again. She goes, what? <laughs> and just knocked herself out again. I know. And I laughed so hard. Um, <laughs> it was so sad. Um, but she was laughing, too. But just those moments, man, where it's like smack, where you just, I mean, you know that, you know that, that feeling probably, right? You just get smacked and you just like, it wakes you up, it jolts through your face. You know, a couple weeks ago, actually, I just, I just thought us, Ryan had to speak at the green room on Friday nights and he was just really tired. And uh, so he came over by the back booth and he just leaned on the booth and he just goes, oh, I'm so tired. And without a second, I didn't even think about this. I was just like, <laughs> just smacked him and he kind of went, thanks, you know, and you know, he went up and he rocked the house. So it was good. Um, but just those moments where you suddenly you're just, wow, that was a smack in the face. I think, I think tonight could be that for you guys. Um, and uh, especially if you're not a Christian, you're coming in here and you have this question on your mind. I think this is going to be good for you, whether you're a Christian or not. If you're a Christian, this will give you answers for others. But if you're not a Christian, probably one of the thoughts on your mind when it comes to church and all this kind of stuff is, you know, isn't it really all the same? You know, uh, here we are Christians in the room tonight, but you know what, if I was in a mosque somewhere, if I was in a temple somewhere, if I was, you know, hanging out with some Scientologist or whoever, it really, it's all the same stuff, right? And so for the most part, you know, choose your path and go with it, right? Whatever works for you. And um, tonight, I really want to line up um, some of the religious figures alongside Jesus and just say, what's their initial claim? What, what, what were they about? And how does it line up with Jesus? Now, let me say this up front. I don't have any issue with a Jew or a Muslim or a Jehovah's Witness or any, I mean, my grandfather was Jehovah's Witness most of his life. Um, I, I've had great conversations with different people of different faiths. It's not like some kind of antagonistic thing. This is just simply, let's look at Jesus next to all the other options, right? And uh, as, as I kind of told you guys last week, if you weren't here, I'll, I'll fill you in a little bit. Um, this is why I'm a Christian. Like this series, the stuff we're talking about here is absolutely why I'm a Christian. I can't fake this stuff. Um, if I hadn't found the stuff that we're talking about in this 10-part series, 
then I just would not be a Christian. I would not be a pastor. Um, I would probably be doing lights on tour with Metallica or something like that. Something along those lines. Possibly a thief. Um, possibly. I always thought that'd be fun. Not like stealing bags from old ladies. That's just lame. But like, I'm talking Tom Cruise hanging from a, you know, a pulley somewhere. Okay. It's like the biggest game of hide and go seek ever. All right. And, uh, it's not about the money. I just think it'd be a great rush. Okay. But, um, if I hadn't found this, then I wouldn't be a Christian. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be a, a pastor. And, I, and I'm not trying to get you to buy into a system of beliefs. I'm just trying to show you what I found. And so where we started last week was just saying that, you know, if I held this out and said, hey, would you like a seat? You'd be like, that's not a seat. There's no one going to sit on that. Um, that's not going to support my weight. But, you know, back here we have the rest of my seat, which I dismantled for my office for 10 weeks. And I stole Andrew's chair. And uh, he's been using one from the nursery. Thanks, buddy. Um, so, but what if... You start putting stuff together, right? Okay, so now we have two pieces, and this is a pretty main piece here, right? And what if, like, more and more, we got piece after piece put together? Maybe, although nobody's like, hey, give me a seat, sweet seat, right? But as you look at this, you're like, all right, we're getting there at least. Like, like that's substantial. You know, get some more wheels on the bottom of this thing. Get some arms in the back and, and a, you know, a cushion, right? And maybe I'll sit down there. And that's what we're trying to do here because so often in church, you're, you're told, okay, look at this one thing. Look at this one aspect of Christianity. Isn't it intriguing? You know, okay, so now tonight put your faith in Jesus. And people are like, that's just a tiny little thing. That's not going to support me. I I don't know if that's going to carry my weight and hold my weight. And so for these 10 weeks, we want to put the chair together. And we want to see, wow, is there really substantial evidence with all these claims about Jesus that can support the faith of your life, that can support the faith and the hope of, of even your eternity, okay? And so that's where we're headed in all this. Last week, here's where we started. And if you missed it, you just have to get it and listen to it online. Um, in your bulletin, when you walk in, there's directions on how to uh, find the podcast online. Please listen to it, especially if you're not a Christian. Please, 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 please check it out. I'm going to, in about, you know, five, not even five minutes, two minutes, I'm going to explain what we talked about last week. And you will be there scratching your head going, I don't buy that. And it's probably because you missed a lot of foundation last week, okay? So here's where we started. The first little wheel the part of the chair, was we talked about how everyone here in this room and everyone in the entire world has a lens that they view everything else through. If you wear glasses, you see the world through that lens, right? And the lens that you wear, there's, there's two possibilities for you tonight. The first one would be that you believe the natural, things like evolution, you know, the natural world accounts for how we got here. And you also believe the opposite side is, is true too, that supernatural is impossible, Okay, so that is probably many of your lenses tonight. That absolutely, man, evolution makes sense. The natural accounts for why we're here. And the supernatural just can't happen, so why even look into it, right? Now, plenty more of us here tonight probably have the second lens, which is, man, maybe there are some reasons to doubt that the natural explains why we're here. And maybe it's actually somewhat logical to believe the supernatural. And so that's what we talked about last week. And again, you know, you're not going to just buy that and go, okay, cool, in that case, where do I sign up? Okay, you got to check out that message or I'd love to talk with you after. But basically, by the end of the message last week, we came up with this one statement that the evidence points toward God. Okay, the evidence points toward God. And so then the question is, okay, if the evidence points toward a God, who is it? Right, who is this God? How, How do we know? Is it you? Are you God? Do you, do you have to, you know, do certain things so that you can get in touch with that part of you that is divine? Uh, do you have to enlighten yourself? Do you have to do certain amounts of prayers a day so that you can know the God? Do you have to act certain ways so that the good outweighs the bad? Like, what is it 
that is that supreme higher being. And so tonight, what I want to do is just line up the options, basically. And I want us just to really look and say two things. Where's their truth and where is their power? Okay? Where's their truth? Where's their power? And so what I want to do, and I'm going to do it quick. Don't worry, we're not going to be here for like six hours, okay? Not even more than a half hour as I look at my trusty watch. Um, All right, we're going to line up Buddha, Muhammad. We're going to line up Joseph Smith, who came up with Mormonism. And uh, L. Ron Hummer, who came up with Scientology, all next to Jesus, okay? Uh, You can come out from the back. Um, Okay. Uh, And that would be really freaky, actually. Uh, And uh, (laughs) I'd believe. Um, And so we're just going to look at all the options, okay? And we're going to really ask the question, where do we find truth and where do we find the power, okay? Just stick with me. Tonight is aimed at your head. Just get that through your head right now, okay? Next week, we're going to do a message that's really aimed at your heart. But tonight, I want you to learn some things. I want you Christians to have good answers for people who will have questions for you. And if you're not a Christian, I hope that you will have some of your own questions answered, okay? So first, Buddha comes out, all right? And just real quick background on Buddha. Uh, I know you guys are going to have a hard time believing this, but he came up with Buddhism. Um, And... uh, Basically, the claim of Buddha was that he was sitting under a tree one day and he became enlightened. Okay, and, and I just want you to know all the things I'm going to say tonight were not found on like why Christians are right dot com. Okay, and all the other religions are wrong dot com. Okay, um, it, it, I found this stuff on you know Buddhist sources, Muslim sources. Okay, so you can go and find this stuff for yourself on their own websites. Okay, most of the background history I'm giving you is right off of their stuff. Okay, so Buddha sitting under a tree. He realizes he's enlightened. He just realizes he's enlightened. He's holy, actually the holy one of all the world. He's sinless, he's all-wise, and he's all-knowing. Sounds like me. Um, And uh, far from the truth. Um, And so here he is, and that's his claim, right? And so you go, okay, so his original claim is basically, in a a few, few words, is that he's enlightened, all right? And so you have to ask the question now, okay, where is the truth and where is the power? Is there truth behind that statement? And is there power behind that statement? So first, truth. Can you verify that one day he actually was enlightened? Like, is there proof? Was somebody there? Did they see it? Was there some kind of experience? Did something unbelievable and supernatural happen that someone else could point to and say, wow, yeah, that was amazing. I was there when it happened. And man, you should have seen the change and, you know, explain the whole thing, right? And the answer is no. In fact, the conversation with Buddha would go like this. Well, you know, so what's your deal? And he'd say, well, I'm enlightened. And he'd say, well, how do, you, how do you know you're enlightened? And he'd just go, well, I just am. I just am. Which is not an answer I'm very comfortable with on any level, much less, you know, putting my entire faith and hope in this, right? Uh, I mean, just imagine, like, this past week I had to go back for Root Canal Part 2. I told you guys it was coming. I got to invite my doctor to church. It was cool. Um, and she was angry and hurt me. And... Um, and so we did the root canal thing, right? And um, when I, I got home, I, I informed my wife that I actually have to go back for a third part, which is just ridiculous. While she was in there, she found another little section. Lucky me. And so I get to go back in a few weeks. But when I got home and I told Kelly, imagine if she had said, that is so ironic, though, because today I was outside in the back and I was sitting under a tree and I suddenly realized that I was capable to perform root canal, right? <laughs> just, just worked out that way. Now, I wouldn't go, sweet, let's go for it. I would say, get back, woman. You know, like, all right, take it easy. Okay, let's try to verify this. Well, I don't know. I, I can't really verify it. Did you see a doctor in the clouds? Like, like, did you see a tooth and a, you know, I mean, what did you, no, no, I, I can't really verify. Okay, okay well then, no, 
I'm not going to let you touch me, right? And so the same is true with Buddha. He just simply claims to be enlightened. He claims that he knows the truth and is sinless, but there's no verification on that. No one can look at that and say, ah, I see, right? What about the power? You have to ask Buddha the question, well, what does your enlightenment do for anybody else? Does it save me? Does it rescue me? Does it help me? Does it, what does it do? Oh, no, Buddha would answer, well, you have to get enlightened now. That's on you. You have to um, basically rid yourself of all desire, and then you too can have enlightenment. But I can't help you with that. That's totally on you. Buddha also told, this is just an interesting side fact, Buddha also told his followers not to look into the existence of God. Just kind of an interesting thing. I wonder why he did that, right? And so you ask the question, do you find truth? Well, no, we really can't verify that he was enlightened at all, right? Uh, He basically just says, I just am, just believe, just follow, okay? And the second thing is that there's no power. He can't do anything for anybody beside himself with that enlightenment, okay? Now, the next one is Muhammad, okay? Now, Muhammad was uh, basically doing his thing. I believe it was in a cave. Don't quote me on that. I have to double check that one. But uh, he saw an angel, okay? And the angel told him that he was uh, the chosen prophet and that uh, he was going to be basically Allah's spokesman on, on earth, okay? And so he was supposed to go and tell people the message, and he was supposed to um, basically point people to Allah. And what's interesting is that when he went home that day, he actually told his wife that he thought he'd seen some evil spirits, okay? And his wife convinced him, oh, no, you're a good man. They wouldn't have been evil spirits. So the first inclination that he had was that something was off in all of this. And yet his wife convinced him otherwise, and he ran with it, okay? So basically Muhammad's claim is, well, I'm the prophet, all right? I saw an angel, and he told me I'm the prophet. So truth, all right, let's check out the truth. Was somebody there? Did somebody see the angel with you? Uh, Can anybody confirm this, right? And the answer would come back, no. And so a conversation between Buddha and Muhammad would go something like this. But Buddha would say, well, hey, I'm enlightened. And Muhammad would say, well, can you prove that? And he'd say, no, I just am. And then Muhammad would say, well, I'm, I'm a great prophet. And Buddha would say, well, can you prove that? And he'd say, no, I, I just am too. And there's no verification there. And, and again, girls, ladies in the room, just stick with me right, for a second. okay? Um, let's just say you're walking through the halls at school or at work. right? And some guy comes up to you and he says, um, I saw an angel and he told me I'm supposed to marry you. Right? What would you do? <laughs> right? Wouldn't there be something in you that would want to verify that? Wouldn't there be something in you that would say, wait, 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 hang on, hang on, uh, back up. Let's figure this out. Let's try to see if we can, you know, put all the pieces together. Right? There's got to be something substantial beneath that claim. I could claim I saw an angel. I could claim I, I was enlightened. Right? But there's got to be some kind of verification. You've got to be able to question it and say, all right, how do we know this actually happened? What about power? Okay, so Muhammad fails the truth one there. What about power? Well, again, unfortunately, Muhammad would say, well, you know, I am the messenger and the message is you have to be good. The message is if you want to, you know, want to end up in eternity with Allah, then you have to be good. You, You have to conduct yourself well and do your thing now. That is completely on your shoulders. Okay, so are you seeing uh, a couple of similarities here? Um, an, unverifi- uh, an unverifiable claim, and then no power to do anything for anybody else. Just that message of, I'm sorry, you have to do, you have to do, you have to do. Um, the next one we're going to talk about is Joseph Smith. Um, Joseph 
basically came up with Mormonism after he had an encounter with an angel. And um, just a little back history on him. And I'm leaving a lot out. I mean, and, and you know, some people, um, if you study some of this stuff, they take some cheap shots at these guys. And I'm just leaving that stuff out because I don't really see a need to do that. But one, one really kind of interesting thing about Joseph Smith is that when he was a little bit younger, before this happened to him, he uh, got himself in some trouble with the law because he had claimed he had these magic rocks and these magic rocks helped him find buried treasure. And when he got a group of people to believe that he was right, uh, they basically found out he was lying. These magic rocks weren't magic rocks. There was no treasure. And he got himself in trouble with the law. He was charged for being an imposter and for disorderly conduct. Um, Then he sees, a little later, he sees an angel. And the angel says, go here. And he goes and supposedly he finds these golden plates which contain the Book of Mormon, okay? And the Book of Mormon tells all these stories about Jewish people who came from Israel, 7th century B.C., they came to America. And they're the descendants of the American Indians. And when Jesus died and rose again, before he went uh, to heaven, he actually came to America for a while. And this is all in the Book of Mormon. This is the whole story. Um, and there's, just real quick, there's no archaeological or historical proof that any of that happened as compared to the Bible where there's tons of archaeological and historic proof. Okay, so we'll just throw that out there. So what's Joseph's initial claim? His initial claim is that he has basically seen an angel and he's gotten these golden plates and here is this message and the message is that you are God, that every one of us is God, that there's a a part of divinity in each of us and as we kind of um, act the right way and we work with God that this whole divinity thing will take off and we'll be our own gods. We can even rule our own planets and stars at one point. Okay, so that's the story of Joseph Smith. Um, and now what, what's interesting here is with the truth thing, all right? And you guys just got to stick with me, all right? Hang in there. I know it feels like history class. Just hang in there, all right? Um, the truth thing here, is there truth to this statement, right? Where, where, where can we find truth here? Well, Joseph Smith did claim to have some eyewitnesses, Okay. And uh, he basically said that at first, actually, his father-in-law wanted to see the stones, all right? And uh, these golden plates that he had found. And when he told his father-in-law that, I'm sorry, you can't see them. Um, if you do, anyone who sees them besides me it means instant death. His father-in-law was obviously very upset. But later in life, uh, he was actually able, actually not much later, a little while later, he was able to show a few people these stones and supposedly, or I'm sorry, these plates, and they were going to also see an angel, he was told. So what happened was there was this kind of whole like weird experience where it sounded like, and, and you know, even today, people of Mormon faith will say, oh yeah, you know, there's all these eyewitnesses. They saw the plates. They saw the angels that Joseph Smith saw. But the reality is as you look into it, you begin to find that it was like a visionary or like an entranced type thing. It wasn't like, oh, here's this phone. You guys see this phone? Basically, what happened was Joseph Smith said, okay, you can see the plates and the angels, but you have to have tons of faith and you have to rely on prayer and on the word, right? Well, why, why can't you just show them to me? You know, I mean, like you're all here seeing this without any prayer, any faith or any reliance on God's word. It's all here because it's physical, it's tangible, you can touch it, right? And so as Joseph Smith uh, got these guys out into the woods. They prayed, nothing happened. They prayed, nothing happened. This one guy said, oh, it's my fault, I'm out. And he ran off. And when he left, the other two claimed that they saw the angels and the plates. And then this other joker went out and he prayed for a while and eventually he claimed he saw the plates. But when he was asked, you actually saw them with your physical eye? He said, no, I saw them with my spiritual eye. I was in a trance, okay? 
So these are the witnesses that Joseph Smith has, all right? And so you're really questioning this truth. Supposedly there are eight more witnesses as well that say they saw this, this, this too, but uh, many of them ended up leaving the church, okay? So basically, if you're in conversation with Joseph Smith, you'd say, okay, so you saw these golden plates and the angels and you have eyewitnesses. And he'd kind of go, well, um, it was visionary and a lot of them took off on me and they're not quite here if you want to talk to them today because they're not with me anymore. They turned their back on the church, okay? So again, shaky, shaky ground. And now we ask the, qu- the power question. Well, what can it do for anybody? And Joseph Smith would say, well, I'm sorry, you got to earn your forgiveness. You have to work together with God to earn your forgiveness. And I'll just say this, all right? Are you seeing a pattern developing? Are you seeing claims that can't be verified? And are you seeing power that doesn't do anything for anybody else? Right? I know it for me, when I was struggling in my faith, um, as I grew up as a Christian and I started to really ask a lot of questions, like, how can I know if this is true? This was so huge for me to line Jesus up with everybody else, right? It was like that slap in the face for me. Like, whoa, that was a huge wake up. Because as you're going to see as we continue here, man, this, this stuff is so different from what Jesus' original initial claims are, okay? Um, when I got back from the root canal this past week, kids just know, man. They just know. My little two-year-old came up to me, he jumped on me. He's like, Daddy, whap, right in the tooth <laughs> that I had just gotten all the root canal worked on, on right? And, uh, like, shocks went up into my, my brain, right, down my neck. I grew hair for a while. Um, it was crazy. And uh, it was just that shock. It was just that whap, slap right in the face, right? And I hope tonight, as we, as we go through this stuff, you will see the incredible difference, the incredible difference between Jesus and these other religious leaders, okay? The last one we're going to talk about right before Jesus is... L. Ron Hubbard, um, just, again, I'm not trying to take cheap shots, just giving you history. Um, he was a science fiction writer before he came up with Scientology. Um, you can find his science fiction books and stuff. And I want to actually, you guys can read along with me this quote, because Scientology is a little bit uh, difficult to explain. So this is right off their website. It says this, Scientology is a religion that offers a precise path leading to a complete and certain understanding of one's true spiritual nature. And one's relationship to self, family, groups, mankind, all life forms, the material universe, the spiritual universe, and the supreme being. They believe that man is immortal and that he will be reincarnated. Okay, And here is something interesting about L. Ron Hubbard. Basically, his initial claim would be, I've done some research. That's, that's his claim. No angel, no I'm enlightened, no, no encounter with God or anything like that. He just basically did some research. I'll just read it so we get it right. He conducted years of intensive research into the nature of human existence. And then he came up with an eight-step system off of that to try to help people reach um, places of fulfillment and relationships in oneness with other people and uh, the universe and creation and all these different kinds of things. And um, so you go, all right, well, what's his initial claim? Honestly, it's I've done some research. I've researched things and and I've come up with this set of plans. All right. And what's interesting about this whole thing is that as you hold up the truth test, you go, okay, well, you've done research. Like I could do research, you know, like that doesn't make me want to go, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to live my life this way because some divine thing, some some plan that's beyond, you know, human means is in, is in order, you know? I mean, 
I could come up with a whole bunch of rules and sets of ideas and say, okay, guys, this is what I want you to do. And you could follow them very religiously. But that doesn't mean it's going to get you anywhere. And the power claim, well, again, unfortunately, we're let down again. Because here, as you say, well, all right, what can this do for me? He would say, well, now you have to basically be a good person. You've got to conduct yourself in a good way. And as you conduct yourself in a good way, you're going to more and more, as you, as you get through all the levels of Scientology, as you get to the seventh level and you complete it after years, uh, after a lot of money, Seven years in, or not seven years, seven stages in, you finally at the point where you now know how you relate to the supreme being. So it's not like, hey, Matt, um, let me tell you, if you join Scientology, here's what will happen in your life. It's, no, 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 go through years, then you, Matt, will find out how it works for you. But Rick, no, it's going to be different for Rick. So Rick, all right, just hang with us, keep going, go through all the stages, and in the seventh stage, you'll know then how you relate to the supreme being, Okay. So it's very like, it's different for everybody. Uh, there's no upfront like, this is what's going to happen, or your sin will be removed, or you'll, it, it's a system of continual, conduct yourself well, conduct yourself well. You'll be reincarnated this way, um, and eventually you will actually have this supernatural life. So again, you look at all these different claims, and you keep finding yourself in the same spot, right? Muhammad's or Buddha's going, all right, I'm enlightened, I can't prove it, and it doesn't help anybody. Enlighten yourself. Muhammad's going, okay, I saw an angel. Um, I can't prove it. And unfortunately, you just got to be good now. Go do your thing, right? Then you got Joseph Smith saying, all right, I saw an angel in golden plates. I have a couple eyewitnesses. They're a little shaky. They say it was visionary. And a lot of them took off on me. And unfortunately, it's not going to help you at all. And you got L. Ron Hubbard saying, well, I did some great research, but you just got to be a good person. Are you seeing a pattern? Are you seeing a pattern? Are you seeing these guys where you can't verify these claims, and are you seeing that over and over again, the, the same recipes coming out, be good, do good, work hard, do better, be better, be nicer. And then we get to Jesus, right? And Jesus' claim is so different, and I hope this is the slap in the face for you, whether you're a Christian or not, a good slap in the face again. I hope it wakes you, I, I, hope, it, I hope it snaps you out of thinking, ah, all roads lead to heaven, because this is where it all falls apart. If that's your belief. Because Jesus comes and he says, All right, here's my claim. All right, Buddha, Muhammad, all you guys, I heard your claim. Here's my claim. I'm the Son of God and I'm the Savior of the world. That's a huge claim. Right? So, is there truth and power behind that? That's the question. Is there truth and power behind that? Well, let's talk about truth for a second. Okay? Buddha is off by himself under a tree. Muhammad's in a cave somewhere. Jesus is hanging on a cross publicly in the middle of everybody. He's put on that cross. He's hung out there. He's got a sword put through his side to prove he's dead. And then he just revive himself. They take him off the cross. He's in the ground for three days. Then very publicly, he's seen again. He's seen by over 500 people at one time. His followers uh, don't just like see this ghostly image of a Jesus. They see one that they can eat with, that they can fish with. They, Thomas touches the nails, nail holes in his hands like we talked about last week, right? And so you have a huge, huge difference here from Buddha, Muhammad, and Joseph Smith going, well, all right, here's what happened. I saw an angel and it's kind of shaky to here I am. You want to look in the tomb? It's empty. You want to touch my hands? They're right here. 
Very, very different upfront claim. Now, some of you guys are, are, are not Christians and you're, you have a very good thought going through your mind. It doesn't prove anything. That's what the Bible says happened, okay? And I understand that, and that's why there's eight more weeks to this series where we're going to investigate all that. But tonight, what I want you to see are just the differences between the initial claims of these leaders. Do you see worlds apart, Jesus, from these other four guys? And I'll tell you, if you took... Uh, you know, Jewish leaders, if you took Jehovah Witness leaders, um, I, when I was really looking for all kinds of answers, I mean, I started looking at, you know, Confucius stuff and um, Zoroastrianism and Taoism, I mean, philosophy type stuff and all kinds of stuff, right? You just don't find anything like Jesus when it comes to truth because it was all so public, okay? Now, what about power? Luke 24 tells us, that and I, well, I'm just gonna because we're running out of time. I'm just gonna say it that basically in these verses, Jesus says, and he's talking about himself. He says, "Hey, I'm the Messiah. I'm the one who's who's here to rescue and to save. And I will be crucified. I've been crucified, and I've I've risen again. And then he tells his followers, he says, "Now you're my eyewitnesses." And so, power wise, you go, "All right. Well, what did Jesus' death do for anybody?" Well, it completely removed all your guilt and all your shame. It completely removed all the sin that was on your shoulders. All the things you've ever done wrong in your life was placed on him. And so you've got Buddha and Muhammad and Joseph Smith and L. Ron Hubbard and everybody else saying it's all about what you do. And you have Jesus standing by himself in the corner of the room going, "Um, it's all about what I did. It's the one guy. Buddha didn't die for you. Allah didn't die for you. Joseph Smith didn't die for you. Elron Hubbard didn't die for you. There's one guy who says, I stand apart. I'm different. It was on my back. There's a, a quote from a guy who walked into a, a room and had all different types of religious uh, statues. And there was one of Buddha. And, and he said he stood there and, and he looked at that statue of Buddha and there he was, I'm sure you've all seen him, right? Kind of just sitting there smiling, a jolly guy, right? And, and he says, you know, okay. Just looked at him and saw the, saw the kind of the peace and the serenity about him. And he said, but then I was drawn to that twisted figure up on the cross. That one who had, had nail marks in his hands and his feet. That one who had stripes all up and down his body from the beatings and the spittings. That, that's the one. That came for me. That's the one that stands apart. And so as I searched and as I looked and as I lined everybody up, and I'm with you guys. If you're here tonight going, oh, I'm still skeptical. This doesn't answer anything. There's still so much more to talk about. I'm with you. Eight more weeks to talk, right? But man, as you look at just the initial claims, do you see Jesus standing in a group all by himself when it comes to truth and when it comes to power? And as I lined everybody up, I found that truth and power are found in Jesus alone. Truth and power are only found there. And I would encourage you, if you're here tonight and you're like, I don't believe this stuff, I don't buy this stuff, that's okay. That's, that's kind of why we're doing this series. Because we want you to look into it. We want you to question. We want you to dig. I said this last week, but I know some of you aren't here. Brendan, one of our guitarists, said something great. He said, man, if there's a potential that this is true, that a God hung on a cross to rescue you from your sin, wouldn't it be insane not to look into it? And so that's why we're here. We're looking into it. We're looking into it together. And if you want to look into it separately, we have some books that we'll just plain give you tonight. Um, 
if, if you're somebody who's a Christian and you're like, oh, I'd like to read that book, we're going to charge you just because uh, it costs us money. But if you're not a Christian and you're a skeptic, um, we would love to just give you these books. I love you, Christians. I'm sorry. Um, but um, uh, we ordered a ton of the books that we sold out of last week. Case for Christ, we'll just give it to you. talks all about what we're going to be talking about for the next eight weeks, but in a ton of detail. Uh, these are like five, six hundred page books, okay? They're, you know, they're pretty meaty, all right? This isn't just like Jesus died, the end, okay? All right, this is some pretty intense stuff, right? And there's another book called The Case for the Creator. So if you're in here and you're like, oh man, I just think evolution says, you know, has, has obviously shown us why we're here and how we got here. Again, we'll just give you those books, okay? But my, 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 my heart for you guys, okay? Is, and I've been saying this all along, is not to check your brain at the door, not just to come in and say, oh, well, Doug said, and no, look for yourselves. And what I believe with all my heart, I got to have some confidence in this, honestly, or I'm in trouble, okay? But what I believe with all my heart is that as you dig and as you search, honestly, with a real heart, looking for God, that you're going to find truth and power are found in Jesus alone. And so that's why we're doing this series. And so I just invite you, man, tonight, did I prove Jesus rose back from the dead? No. But when you line him up with those others and you look at just the initial claims, you see that he stands apart with truth. And we're going to look into that truth. Well, how do we know that he actually rose from the dead? How do we know his followers weren't lying? How do we know they didn't steal the body? How do they? We're going to talk about all that. But just their initial claim, his is light years ahead. I am the son of God. I'll prove it by dying and rising again. And I've got power. That'll save you and rescue you from your sin. Truth and power are found in Jesus alone. Let's pray together. Father, we just thank you, God, for what you've allowed us to see tonight, God, together. And I thank you that there are all different kinds of people in the room. Uh, Some totally unconvinced, and that's okay. Um, And some really encouraged tonight in, in seeing the difference. They got that gentle slap in the face to wake them up and to... Um, see that it's not all the same. That you're so different. You're the only one who came for us. You're the only one who hung on a cross. You're the only one who did it publicly. And you're the only one who has any power to rescue us from our sin. And we thank you for that. And so God, I just pray for everybody in this room that you would bring us closer to you. Um, if If you're not a Christian would you um, be open? And maybe you're not, and that's okay. First off, let me give this invitation. Three invitations if you're not a Christian. First, come back next week. Like Brandon said, if this even has the, the possibility of being true, why not at least check it out? Second invitation, if you're not a Christian, would be tonight to say something very simple to God. To say, if you're there, would you show yourself to me? Yeah, I mean... Maybe you're like, hey, I'm not saying he's there. I'm just saying if he is there, I I wouldn't mind seeing him. I wouldn't mind him showing me that he's there. And so maybe that's your prayer tonight. Jesus, if you're alive, just show me. I'm not going to make any decisions. I'm not going to walk down the aisle and sing a song. I'm I'm just saying this simple thing. And third invitation, if you're not a Christian, maybe tonight you're going, man, I just feel like everything. I feel like I got that slap in the face that really woke me up, that, that man, I'm, I, I don't know what's going on, but I feel convinced. I feel like I want to move forward. I want to know Jesus as my Savior and have a relationship with Him. Then you can just pray something silently like this. Jesus, thank you.
for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for rising again. Thank you for coming for me. Thank you for taking my sin. I need you as my Savior and my God. Help me to see that truth and power are found in you alone.